You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, it's me, Jeff Ellis. I want to remind you today's show is brought to you by Ohio vs. Everyone. That's OhioVSEveryone.com. The new sports blog is about all things Ohio sports. Go check it out. Uh, Matty B runs the Indian side of things. I vouch for him. I was kind of struggling with uh, what to talk about today. It's kind of like, you know, coming down after the high of the Indians' performance the other day. It's like, what, what am I going to talk about? Uh, we had so much to talk about, and then today it's kind of that. Uh, yeah, it's a Royal series. The Royals aren't good. There is the upcoming uh, Milwaukee series, but uh, I kind of want to wait on that because we have an off day Thursday. I mean, the big story of the day, honestly, is the return of Zach Plesak. The Indians waited to the first to call him up. That means he spent 20 days in the minors. That means he doesn't, he's not going to be a Super 2. This is probably going to cost him a year of service time. Uh, because of what he did. That is probably going to lead to a court case in the offseason. And it's going to be interesting to see how it's handled. Because the Indians can make a case that that they didn't have a spot for Plesak. Because, I mean, outside, you know, for Plesak side of things, they can argue that Adam Pletko was not good. Uh, but if you're the Indians, you're like, well, he did some emergency starts for us. And then McKenzie came up and was great. And then they caught up Clevenger and kept Plesak down. And that one more week of staying down means an extra year of team control more than likely. So that's kind of the story. We'll see how that plays out. It's, I, as an Indians fan, you know, I, I make that sound because it's like as an Indians fan, uh, you kind of like the extra year of control. But as a fan of baseball, it's kind of a crappy thing to do. This is a guy who was a day three pick, not a big money signing, has not made a ton of money uh, playing baseball. And he's getting penny pinched, so that's not ideal. And it's also uh, you're going to talk about zero chance of uh, a player wanting to sign an extension, or maybe it becomes the ultimate motivator to get him to sign an extension because he's further away from money. I don't know, uh, but yeah, it's something you definitely have to talk about and consider with the start today. So the Indians uh, are, as I mentioned, are facing the Royals. I, I do not have the game on because. Uh, I mean, they just came out and made Matt Harvey uh, fall apart. You had Francisco Lindor with his sixth home run, Roberto Perez with his first home run, and Franmil Reyes with his team-leading eighth home run. Plesak on the other side of things so far through three innings has allowed a base runner, one hit, four strikeouts. He has continued to look every bit as good as he looked before he went down. Uh, again, this Royals team is not great. The heartbreaking loss last night. That was a, a game where, again, the Royals couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag and basically had Karen Chalk gift them those two walks that got the runs in. So when you look at Plesak's performance, I want to see him against a real lineup. For the Indians, though, man, Matt Harvey, I, I had to go look. Now, he was a bit of a surprise pick for me when he went to the Mets' seventh overall in the uh, 2010 draft. Now, top of my head, I want to say that was the Pomeranz draft. And, man, you look at those early picks in that draft class, and I clicked the wrong thing. I clicked on UNC instead of clicking on the uh, the first round there. 
Now, Harvey was a big deal when he went to UNC. He had been a, a third-round pick by the Angels out of high school. They had tried to sign him. And he kind of disappointed in college, as I recall. Uh, so that year, you have Bryce Harper, goes first overall. James Tyon, who's been unable to stay healthy, goes second and actually had the bigger bonus. I have a hard time believing that. Maybe it was the case. Manny Machado, third. So, I mean, when Tyon has been healthy, he has been fantastic. So that top three, you couldn't miss. Royals fourth, Christian Colon. Okay, that's a miss. Drew Pomeranz, five. I mean, kind of a miss, but he's been worth nearly 12 wins. That's pretty decent in this class. He's been more valuable than Matt Harvey. Uh, six, Barrett Lux, who didn't sign. He was hurt, I believe, and that's what happened. Seven was Harvey. Eight, our old friend and current player, Delano DeShields. That's right, he was the eighth pick in the draft that year out of high school. Uh, Karsten Winston was ninth to the Padres. He didn't sign. Uh, ended up going back to school. Florida, Florida State, I want to say. Well, he's a high school kid, so he went to school. Uh, did not pitch well in college. Every year it got worse, and he became a late pick. Tenth, uh, Michael Choice, who was the guy I think I wanted the Indians to take that. No, I wanted Pomeranz. I was pretty firmly in Pomeranz, but I think Choice was my number two guy. Deck McGuire. Man, talk about a safety net at eleven. Yasmani Grandel, who had been another guy hotly rumored to the Indians, fell to uh, the 12th pick. The Reds took him. And ever since trading him, they've been looking for a catcher. Chris Sale at uh, 13. That's uh, He has the highest war of the class. And then I have to at least talk about 14 here. As you have another pick who didn't sign, Dylan Covey to the Brewers. I think it was found that he... It's either him or Winston. One of them was diabetic, and that was the reason they didn't sign. At least Covey has made it back to the majors. Uh, Kristen Yelich was 23rd in the first round that year. Thor, Noah, Noah Sindergaard was uh, 38th. Nick Castellanos was 44th. So when you go back and you look at this pick, it, funny enough, uh, Castellanos' war is lower than Pomeranz. Pomeranz is only beaten by Harper, Machado, Yelich, Grandel, and uh, Chris Sale. He has the and uh, Noah Syndergaard. So he's like the seventh best pick in the first round for all of his struggles. But Matt Harvey was the reason I started on this little uh, flight of fancy. You go and you look up those early year numbers. I just want to go and pull up his war, which I have right in front of me here. Got the wrong. I've got his minor league stats. I don't want that. You know, he finishes fourth in the Cy Young in 2013. He is worth... 5.3 wins. His rookie year, he only gets 10 starts. 1.6 wins. 4.9 wins in 2015. And then after 2015, negative values. He just never could get back. He had a positive value in 2018 with the Reds at 1.3. But since then, every other season, I mean, he's managed to get a lot of innings, and he has just not been good. That 2013 year, uh, he missed all 2014 due to injury. 2015, effective, and then gone. I, essentially, you look at him, he had two and a half good years. And it's crazy to think that. You know, you think back to the World Series game where he was uh, going to pitch the Mets to victory and then how much it fell apart. It, it's odd because, again, he came back from the injury. This wasn't a guy where he missed 2014 and was never the same guy. He came back in 2015 and was largely effective. And then after that year... 
the strikeout rate starts to drop, the home run rate really jumps up, and the hit rate jumps up. It's it's between the 15 and 16 seasons, so I, I don't know. I, I It's curious when you see it that way, when it's not the direct year after the injury. Normally it's uh, the opposite of that when we see such a thing, but... Uh, yeah, the Indians might have uh, put a nail in Matt Harvey's career tonight, so thought we'd uh, do a bit of retrospective on him for the first half of the show today. We have some fantastic sponsors. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 World's greatest delay of game? Even the sports had a break your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause it at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB, all one word. This is the best offer they have available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB, all one word. Terms and conditions apply. Offer only valid through September 30th. When you need red wine at 4 p.m. or 4 a.m., depending where you live, sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito anytime you want, and some ibuprofen uh, at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmate is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, any type of delivery service year-round, 365 days, 24 hours a day. Postmates brings you what you need within the hour. Anything you crave, Postmates can deliver it. They are the largest on-demand. They have the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from restaurants, grocery, convenience stores, and traditional retailers. No more trips to the store. No more wasting your time. No more dealing with annoying people who refuse to wear a mask. Postmates takes care of it for you. You're going to download the app for iOS or Android, browse the local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON, one word. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Be lazy on us. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with that promo code LOCKEDON. So I I guess that maybe Robert Broom would be the guy who is the player to be named later on last night's show. I was wrong, and it turned out that it leaked out today uh, that it's going to be Matt Waldron, who was the Indians' 18th round pick in 2019, a four-year starter at the University of Nebraska. 2019, he had a great year for them, and then he came into the minors in 2019, pitched up in Mahoning Valley and in Arizona, and if you remember in our review of players from the 2019 draft, I talked about him way back then, and he had had a good year in limited opportunities, only 45 innings. Not the biggest guy, not the biggest stuff, but a strike thrower in the mold of an Indians pitcher. He made a lot of sense for the Indians. But if he's your player to be named later, that's uh, that's a much lower cost than someone like Robert Broom, who I guessed at. Uh, it's a nice depth guy for San Diego. He is a safe arm. It's not a ton of upside, but there is still the potential for a starter there. So 
Uh, I like the get for both sides. I think San Diego can always use more pitching depth, and I think every team can use more pitching depth. He's a long shot, but there are things there that could make him a potential starter for the Padres. Uh, He could also just be a quad A depth guy. Either way, uh, a decent get for them, and not a piece that uh, breaks the Indians back by any means. So I did get a few questions today. I thought I would handle those via the uh, podcast. The first one was, how does the Clevenger deal affect any deal for Francisco Lindor this offseason? I don't know if it has an effect on any Lindor deal. Uh, The biggest effect on the Lindor deal is uh, just Lindor playing better. Uh, I will be curious to see what they can net. I'll be curious to see what is out there and who will be all in after this season. There is going to be a limited market because he is going to be a very, very expensive player. He's going to be someone who's making probably close to $30 million, um, I want to say, through the arbitration process. He's going to probably have one of the single highest uh, monetary seasons of any Indians player if he actually plays. And that's going to, like I said, that will have an effect on where uh, what teams can actually trade for him. I don't know what the Indians will get. I don't know how they're going to go about it. I don't know anything uh, beyond that. I think he is very likely to be moved, and I'll be curious to see how they go about it. Because if you look at the assumption that Lindor and Cesar Hernandez are gone, is Jose Ramirez moved to second and Nolan uh, Jones go to third, then who's playing shortstop? Does Jose Ramirez try shortstop again? It's been a while, but you could have a situation where Owen Miller gets a shot at second with Nolan Jones at third. Do they acquire someone who can play shortstop second base or third in the deal? Uh, these are all things to keep in mind, but I do think Nolan Jones is uh, part of the uh, solution for the team next year. Do we see him called up this year? I, I don't know. Um, I think in a traditional season, he'd be ready to go. I don't think they are in any rush to add him, and I don't think he needs to be added to the 40-man in this offseason. They've added a few guys who do. They are always a team that's very cautious with the 40-man. So uh, adding a player early is not something they're probably going to look to do. We had some news that uh, broke as I was recording this podcast. Not Indians-related. Don't get super excited. But it is tangentially Indians-related. Kylie uh, McDaniel tweeted out that uh, the 2020 MLB draft is being moved to July and will be held in Atlanta during the All-Star game. So it's kind of a fun idea. You'll have the Futures game. Uh, the College World Series um, in in conjunction with the Futures game and after the College World Series. So that allows the league to own the marketing and promotion of the Young Stars. They can make it a bigger deal. Hopefully more people watch. They can make this a bigger jumping off point for the draft. Uh, For me personally, it is nice that it's later. Uh, As a teacher, that's going to give me more time to prepare. I'm curious the effect this will have on some of the summer leagues. Like You're going to have players who may be go play in the Cape Cod after they get drafted, especially if they're a day three guy. That is something that is going to be a bit different. We haven't really seen that since uh, way back when you could have like the draft and follow players, which is something that has not been around for a while. Nothing finalized, but the draft is expected to be between 20 and 30 rounds. Uh, the minimum length for the draft in the March agreement is 20 rounds. So we'll get back to more of a normal sized draft. Uh, we were, what, at 40? I want to say I should know the number of rounds in the draft. It's just, it's been a while. Uh, when I started, it was 50. Uh, it, you know, they 
keep moving and changing things, but I believe it's been 40 for a while now. So that is nice to see the return of that. The downside, um, goodbye Mahoning Valley Scrappers. I think that's the little, basically what it gets down to, is if you're pushing the draft back over a month, you're not going to use that short season ball. You're not going to. By the time guys sign in July, uh, you're going to lose you know, that partial year of development, which isn't always the biggest year to begin with, let's be honest. But teams are going to get rid of the short season league, so Mahoning Valley is gone. That's why this even relates more to Indians fans out there. And while I'm excited for the movement and the chance to start selling, you know, the stars tomorrow and to have this be a bigger event, I'm very sad to see minor league baseball getting cut and that more of development and more of the players are going to get pushed to independent ball, which is so these billionaire owners don't have to pay and then don't either A, don't have to pay players or B, don't have to be embarrassed about the fact that they're not paying these young players who work for less than minimum wage. So not a great look if you really look into it, but if you listen to the podcast, I've been warning everyone that this was coming for like a year now. Uh, Since the first proposal, when the whole COVID situation first started to occur, I warned this was coming. And at each step, uh, they've continued to, to push for ways to make it even easier to cut those minor league teams. And it's coming. So yeah, Mahoning Valley, it was nice knowing you. Uh, we'll probably never see another Scrappers game again. I, it's a sad point to kind of end the show on, right? I thought we might, you know, talk a little bit more prospects. Uh, but, I, you know, I think I covered the return pretty well. Very in-depth. You know my take. If you missed it, it's the Tuesday show. Go ahead and listen to that one. Uh, I think I could give you all the bits of information you could possibly want to know about those prospects and what I'm thinking about them. I haven't had a chance to do a revised top prospect list yet, so I'm still behind in that. Maybe we'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks. Man, Zach Plesak has certainly put an exclamation point on this game so far. As we go to end the show, four innings, one hit, zero walks, six strikeouts. What a return for him. Uh, It is interesting to go look at Mike Clevenger. Remember, velocity was down. His walk and home run rates were up. We will see if the Indians sold at the perfect time with Mike Clevenger sooner rather than later. And I'll be curious to see if that is the case, if they felt that... uh, you know, they got burned by waiting too long with Kluber. They got burned by waiting too long with Salazar. If you're the Indians, you have those assets, so you can eventually trade them. Every player, you don't want them getting away and you getting very little. And they waited too long with both of those players. With Clevenger's issues this year and his age and the injury stuff, I'm very curious how much... I don't think the COVID thing played in. I think... What happened with Kluber and Salazar might have been more the reason why the Indians made sure to move Clevenger while the value was there. They had the ready-made replacement, they got max value, and they moved on before the, uh, the, the carriage could turn back into a pumpkin. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been another edition of the Lockdown Indians podcast. Hit me up on Twitter. You can find me there, at JeffMLBDraft. Send me any and all questions, and I will cover those on the pod. As always, I thank our fantastic audience. Uh, Our numbers are growing up every single week. We are up 20% from a year ago, so that is great to see. I really appreciate everyone who listens, downloads, rates, and reviews. Has a friend listen, rate, and review, download. All that stuff is huge. Uh, We're still not quite up with the big boys on the network. So let's try to get ourselves in those top 10 uh, podcasts. Let's show that uh, this can be a top 10 
Locked On Baseball Podcast. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You've been a fantastic audience. And as always, go Tribe.